I had a teacher, and he used to tell us, if you want to know what someone believes, watch how they pray. It's a keen observation. He said, if you want to know what somebody really believes, watch how they pray. He was really restating um, an ancient church maxim that goes in Latin, lex orandi, lex credendi, that the the law of belief is the law of, the law of prayer is the law of belief. What he was saying is that our beliefs really spring forth from our prayer. You might say our, the church's doctrines really flow forth from her devotion. That the way the church came to um, really solidify, to clarify, and to deepen um, her beliefs, her, her doctrines, was through her celebration of prayer and the liturgy in the early church. And it's also a point worth making that every human being has doctrines. It can be kind of a stuffy sounding word at times, but it simply means beliefs. It's how we express our deepest beliefs and convictions about, uh, about God, about ourselves, and every human being in the world has uh, doctrines. Um, because we all believe something. We all have to live our lives um, according to something. And it's also worth noting that maybe if there are um, those who are struggling with uh, their belief or particular doctrine, that it begins with a life of prayer. Um, it's a little bit backwards from how we tend to think about things. We think that I need to have some uh, clear uh, belief or opinion in order to, to pray, but the whole history of the church and really human nature is really the other way around, that uh, we come to know what we believe by coming to learn how to pray. That's a little bit of a, of a side note today, but it leads us into, I think, um, the way to consider, to ponder this great mystery, this doctrine that we celebrate today of Mary, the mother of God. I think this is a good example of where this teaching of the church uh, came from, that our belief, our understanding of, of Mary came really through the church's uh, devotion to Mary. And I'll give you the example. That the earliest known hymn or prayer to Mary uh, comes from uh, around the time 250 AD or so. And I like to read that prayer. It's the earliest um, extant prayer that is addressed to Mary. And it includes the title of today's feast, Mary, Mother of God. Um, so I'll read that prayer. It says, Beneath your compassion, we take refuge, O Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions in time of trouble, but rescue us from dangers. Only pure one, only blessed one. You can probably hear echoes in there of the prayer known as the Memorare. It's really the earliest prayer to, composed prayer to Mary. We're not counting the Hail Mary, which is in Scripture um, itself, but a prayer composed to Mary um, goes back to about the year 250 or so. And why is that uh, significant, or at least telling? Because the feast we celebrate today, the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, um, this doctrine of Mary as Mother of God, the uh, Greek word here is theotokos, Theotokos, maybe you've heard this before, it literally means God-bearer, that Mary bore God within her womb, was not uh, 
solemnly defined by the church until a couple centuries later. In fact, at a council, an ecumenical council known as Ephesus in the year 431. These might be more historical details than you want the morning after New Year's Eve or so, but um, what it shows is that it's really our, our life of, of prayer, our faith, I'd say our devotion that leads to um, really showing what we believe, um, that our doctrine of Mary, our belief about Mary, um, was really a grassroots. Uh, it was grassroots in the church. These doctrines are never something imposed from top down in the church, but they spring forth from the very hearts of the people of God. Uh, there's something organic and, and, and living about our expression of faith. It begins in the soil of prayer. And um, it's only really later on that the church comes to make um, solemn definitions about uh, what we believe. But the true point is what that says about our life and our belief, that um, we look to Mary as a model of what it means to have faith to be a disciple. In our gospel, we hear about her pondering the word of the Lord in her heart. She did not maybe even yet have a, a clear understanding of where her faith will lead her, but she conceived first the word in her heart and brought forth uh, the joy of the Lord that way. And so our faith, unless it takes root in our heart, like the Virgin Mary, uh, and, and she conceived the word in her heart, the rest doesn't quite, um, it's not going to matter quite so much. It's just going to seem like extra obligations unless we conceive the word in our heart, um, just as, as Mary did. And so our discipleship begins um, with our accepting, our being open to the word in our heart. We take a little time to reflect today on the mystery of the incarnation conceived through the Virgin Mary. The church has always taught that Mary becomes for us the model of our discipleship. She's the very, uh, the form of the church. When we look to Mary, we see what it means to be a disciple. We also see what it means to be the church. This doctrine of Mary, the mother of God, uh, means that she bore the full Christ, that she is a mother both of his human nature and of his divine nature. But this is also a clue to how we're to live our discipleship as well. Mary shows forth the full church um, because she shows forth the full Christ. And so our discipleship will always have um, a heavenly and an earthly dimension to it as well. Um, all the history of the, the heresies of the church, um, if you will, have all been about um, emphasizing the divinity of Christ to the detriment of his humanity, his full humanity, or the other way around, emphasizing the full humanity of Christ, but uh, only to the detriment of his uh, full divinity. And so through Mary, we see that Christ is fully God and fully man. When we uh, live our discipleship in a way that doesn't give full credence to the divinity of Christ, that Jesus is, is fully God, then what ends up happening is church turns into another social service. That's a good thing. The world needs social services, but that's not the church. And we don't need Christ to uh, fulfill that mission. Um, we're called to a heavenly uh, destination, a heavenly destiny. On the other hand, um, 
we can um, live our discipleship that doesn't give full credence to the humanity of Jesus, that he chose to come into this good world that he created, and he chose to live and dwell among us and gave us a model of how we are to live our earthly lives. We've just uh, taken part um, uh, this past week in our um, winter relief here at our church, where we've taken care of those um, who are experiencing homelessness and poverty even in our community. This is an earthly uh, way of living out our discipleship. Our discipleship, our life, our eternal life in Christ is not something deferred, but it's meant to be lived here and now. Mary bears witness to uh, God who is, uh, to Jesus who is fully God and fully man. She bears witness to discipleship that um, is both uh, in heaven and on earth. She shows us what it means to be fully human beings. Sometimes the church has been called the sacrament of human community, the sacrament of authentic human community. And Mary shows us just what it means to be a human community. It means drawing our life from heaven, but also living our mission and mandate here on earth. And uh, we look to Mary, who shows us the full church uh, as the sacrament of human community. And that human community is made possible because we have uh, Jesus, who is authentically God and authentically man.